You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, filling in for the great Sir Richard Wentworth is Phil Svitek. Tonight's show is HBO's Luck, hosted by Kristen Snyder and Dave Klein. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's episode, you can certainly do so by dialing 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off. And the buzz continues. It's AfterBuzz TV's luck. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the After Show for Luck. I'm Dave Klein, and joining me is the lovely Kristen Snyder. Hi, guys. How you doing? And today, get ready to pull out your dildos and start swinging them, because <laughs> we are talking about luck episode noose. It doesn't, it doesn't have a title, No though. title. How about that? We'd be creative writers. Thanks a lot, because they were working so hard on the show, right? Episode two. Two. Uh, you know, it's it's a show about numbers, so I'm okay with that. Oh, there we go. That's some, <laughs> maybe that's the inside right there. And speaking of two, some news on luck. Oh, picked up for a new season. Picked up for season two already, two episodes in. And guess what? Next season, ten episodes instead of nine. You get one more. Really? Yes. Interesting. All right. And, and that is in January, next spoiler January. Spoiler alert before you say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, guys. I don't know if that is a spoiler. I don't know. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Phil. But let's go ahead and start talking about the episode. And what we thought would be the best way to, way to do it was to do it the same way we did last week, where we're going to break <laughs> it down by the different character types. So the show starts off with the owners and with Chester... Mm-hmm. Ace Bernstein. And we find out that's his new nickname is Ace. Yes, we discover that's his new nickname, and we find out quite a lot of insights this time into his life. Last week was kind of a lot about the gamblers. This week it's kind of a lot we find out about him and what his deal is, why he was in prison, and mm-hmm. a little bit more about Gus and their relationship to the trainers and what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I liked how the beginning we checked in with his parole officer, and he's like, so you haven't been engaging in anything that would violate your parole, right? And he's, he's like, like, no. He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not planning a scheme to take over the world <laughs> and and get back and my revenge. And But I guess this scheme isn't really him doing anything illegal. He's trying to get somebody else to do something illegal. He's behind it all. We or know that. that. But he's not doing it himself he's in a way. He, he's the man with the plans. The he's got those blueprints. Three years in prison to make those plans. <laughs> I'm excited about him. I know, you know, some viewers are complaining about it. Too many characters. Oh, what is this? But you know what? I, I love it. Well, you know what? I think, I personally for me, I think the second episode was a much stronger episode. Mm-hmm. And part of it is probably because I actually know the characters now. I'm like, exactly. okay, I know these characters. I it's don't... your fault, not the writers. Obviously, it's my fault. <laughs> I'm really dumb. <laughs> I was waiting for an aww noise. Thanks, Phil. Leave me hanging. But, <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, so we find out a lot about Chester and about Gus and kind of what's going on in their world. Outside of just the parole officer, we find out about this Mike character. And who is Mike other than the man responsible 
for Chester being in prison. You know, like Inspector Gadget, where you like never get to see the guy's face; you only see like his legs, the, like claw, the hook. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's gonna be Mike. That that's would be who, awesome. That's who right now I'm envisioning Mike to be. And he's just in a trench coat the whole time with his back. I think we're gonna hear a lot about Mike. Can we also see Chester having see awesome like? things come out of his hat when he opens up his hat and then a little like crane comes out or something I don't see why not I'm expecting some kind of uh, more then, distinguishing factors from and Chester's then Gus character. is probably actually his granddaughter I'm just I'm gonna continue <laughs> running with the inspector gadget theme or I guess daughter but um, something we found out that was interesting is we kind of go into this scheme in the start of the scheme for Chester and what he's trying to do and essentially it's that he's telling everybody these investors that Gam race racing is pretty much over. It's not making that much money, and the thing to invest in is casinos. But mm-hmm. in the state of California, it's illegal to have a casino. Right. So what are they going to do? Put slot machines in a horse track where there's that's the, one of the few places that gambling is allowed. Now, are they building a whole new racetrack? I, I'm not I think quite they sure. Are. You think they're building a whole new racetrack? I think they are because I don't. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me because we've already seen the tables there, and I think they want to do more tables at this new racetrack. So. Oh, that's true. We do see those tables. Mm-hmm. I didn't even th- make that connection. Right. So I think it's a brand new racetrack that Apparently he's trying I to get. I'm really slow. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get the mob to invest in. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. And another interesting thing about that scene is we just one of the people, one of the investors who's there is a representative of Mike who is this evil character, and the guy tells Chester, Mike sends his best, he'll do, he will do and support anything, essentially, that Chester has come up with, because Mike feels, supposedly feels indebted to Chester for taking a big fall for him, which we also find out about. Yes, the six kilos of cocaine. Now, that's not very much <laughs> at all. <laughs> I guess this guy would know. Um. Storing 12. <laughs> Don't come after me. So it was hidden in Chester's house, and his grandson was having a party. Yes, his, so yeah, his grandson was having a party. There were girls and them swinging from the chandeliers. Swinging from the chandeliers. Sounds like a great party. I don't know why I wasn't invited. I'm kind of <laughs> offended. But yeah, so there was cocaine stored in the house because apparently, for whatever reason, Mike had decided that it had to be stored in Chester's house. Mm-hmm. So Chester had nothing to do with okay, cocaine. The grandson didn't. Maybe he. Maybe it was being used in the party. We don't know, or I don't know. I don't think it was. I think the police was just called because you know of the loud noise, and then of course they're going to look through the house for and, drugs and whatnot, as always. And they found some this yeah, time around. A lot. And Chester decided, for the sake of his grandson, and because he didn't want to be a rat, mm-hmm. that he would take the fall, even though he had nothing to do with any of it. So he's pretty pissed at Mike. And Gus even makes a mention that he said, Gus apparently hates Mike too. And Gus says in this car ride, car exchange, he was like, well, why didn't you let me kill Mike back then? So apparently (laughs) Gus really hates Mike too. Yeah, but you know, Gus kind of doesn't come off to me as the kind of guy who's going to go around murdering. What do you think? No, he seems like the nicest like guy. Like the nicest grandfather watch, of a guy. You've been predicting that somebody's going to get murdered, though, so maybe Gus is going to pull something out. If Gus takes a bullet, Chester is just going to explode. And you know what? That wouldn't be a bad thing. They kind of do have an interesting relationship where it seems like they're very, very close. What happens when the front man's gone? I don't know. I guess you can't really do much. <laughs> well, because- you'll have to you'll have to show yourself if the front man's gone. 
You can't. Well, that's another conversation that they're talking about. Is now Chester wants to get an in between now. He's mm-hmm. talking with Gus at the end of the episode about right. they, that he wants an in between now. But another um another thing I want to throw out that happened during that meeting that was kind of an interesting quote and something that I think is really going to become important is that one of Chester's things, his stipulations that he points out for the scheme and this plan of the casino is he's tossing around a lot of money terms and he says that Mike's people are going to have to sign all the papers. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, why do you want us to put our name on this? And Chester's like, because I'm a fucking felon. <laughs> I mean, that's why. But it's like that, I think, it seems like he's probably using that as an excuse. Yes. And that he's Absolutely. trying to, yeah, he's just using that like, this is how I can make it seem like I don't want to sign these papers because I'm going to make you guys do the legal thing. Okay, no, I'm just trying to think ahead. Where is this scheme going? I mean, it looks like he's doing a good thing. I'm buying into it. I'll put my money into this and I'll invest in the new racetrack because, yeah, the economy is in the trash, as he's saying. So where is he going with this plan? Oh, Kristen, <laughs> use your head. <laughs> no, I honestly, I don't know either. I'm not sure where it's going. Um, so far, I think it's a good idea. I, I mean, my, the only thing I can think of right now is maybe there's some sort of loophole that he's claiming to exploit with the slot machines and all of that, which you really can't be exploiting. But at the moment, I'm not sure. That I think they were actually they were also talking about some other part of their scheme that was going to fall in place. Chester and Gus on the car ride, they mentioned something really briefly. I don't remember exactly what it is, but there's something else that Chester was worried they weren't going to fall for, and Gus is like. Don't worry. They're eating everything up that you're saying. So it'll be interesting. I guess next episode, that's why we have to watch. You know, I thought the mob usually do, do like the dinners, you know, in the back of restaurants, but they were having lunch. It's because <laughs> it's the classy horse racing mob. They're, they class it up. They also wear polo shirts. <laughs> Um, I guess so. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Maybe that's just this spe- specific one, or it's not an Italian mob, an Italian restaurant. Maybe. But, you filthy criminals. So filthy. But um, now we're gonna relate this now in their relation to the trainers, who are still sort of out of this whole world. They don't have too much to do with it. But Chester mm-hmm. has an investment with Turo Escalande, and they have a horse that they have invested in, and. Um, they're going to the racetrack to check on their horse, and meanwhile, Turo has another horse that he likes a lot, and he's trying to show them that he's a good trainer and be like, well, watch this horse race of my other horse, and how this horse is going to be awesome, and I'm going to scheme some money out of it, but basically, Turo is the trainer of the horse that Chester owns and Gus is the frontman for, to make that relationship clear, which we sort of already (laughs) got last week. Right. I mean, Toro, I'm really excited for Toro's character and everything that's going to happen in that barn. How about just for a location, a favorite location for the show is Toro's barn. Can I just ask? I, I'm, <laughs> it, for some reason, it keeps on seeming like his barn is, barn is located on the racetrack, which clearly cannot yeah. be. I don't think that's <laughs> really where it is. But. I mean, obviously, he has a training station, though. 
I mean, the, the, I guess so, but it always feels like every time I'm watching the show that uh-huh. those two locations are one and the same. And I, I don't I agree. think that's possible. They, they seem to be very nearby each other, but I just see a lot of violence and blood and, and hay being yeah. needed to cover yeah, up that blood Turo in those. Turo gets pissed about one thing that happens. And this is, again, <laughs> Leon. He's always blaming Leon, one of the jockeys, for having flapping lips. And again, he yells at him because what Turo does in this episode, which was kind of a little confusing at first mm-hmm. for me. Like, There's a special feature on um, HBO that you can watch that has a behind-the-scenes of how claims work, and you kind of really need to watch that to really totally get it. At least I did. Right. But um, what's interesting that he does is he has this horse that he likes a lot. He thinks this is a great horse, it's going to win, but he doesn't want anybody else to know that's a good horse, and he wants to try and make it so the odds seem really crappy for this horse. So he's putting it into a claims race, and he, what he's doing... To, head he, fake. He's right. doing the head he's fake. He's head putting fake. the bandages on the horse, making it appear to be handicapped so that nobody will, A, buy it, and, two, bet on it. Right. And, and so it gets a low odds. Right. Therefore, Exactly. It gets a lower odds, and therefore, since no one puts a claim on it, he'll still, he'll still own the horse, too. Right. Because it's a great horse, and he doesn't want to give it away. But there are gamblers, or not gamblers, there are people, prospective buyers who put a claim on it anyways, and it gets claimed, and Turo is not happy. And he's like, how did people know that this was actually a good horse? Because there were not just one, but two people put a claim on this horse. So right now he's kind of looking at Leon the jockey as being the guy who's the fall man for this. Yeah, because Leon's talking too much to Toro. Yeah, he really is. He's like, should I run this horse sound? And he's like, why wouldn't you run the horse sound? Right. As if you're, you know, he thinks Leon obviously senses there's something off, something going on you're in right. the barn. And I'm wondering if Leon, because he probably knew it was a claims race, and mm-hmm. he's probably thinking like, well, maybe we shouldn't have this win or something. But, well, actually, I don't know. I guess when you put a claim in, it's too late, no matter what, by the time the race starts. So that wouldn't right. matter at all. But he knows the horse is in perfect condition, and he knows that there's bandages on it. Yeah. And so he's not sure how his trainer wants him to play. Right. And there's also a little interesting exchange right before that with Turo and the veterinarian. Where the veterinarian is talking about how healthy the horse is, but then that she also gave it some medicine. And I didn't catch what the medicine was. And at first, I guess I thought it was kind of like something to make the horse do worse. But I guess not. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just curious what that. What was that medicine? I don't know. I don't know. What's the veterans veterinarian's name? Do we know? I don't think it's really ever been thrown out. Right. Yet. I think she's developing a very close bond with Toro, though. I mean, cl- yeah. Clearly, they do. They have some sort of close relationship. Mm-hmm. And they have a plan too. Yeah, she she seems to kind of talks to him about it like she kind of knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. At least in this episode, she sort of knows something something is up. Right. Should we talk about Walter? Yeah, let's go on to Mr. Walter. I'd like him. He is such a nice guy, <laughs> but also kind of overly weirdly obsessed with horses and dogs. In a way. He has that dog friend. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> he never really talks about the dog in a, like weird ways. Like he always talks about there's this one horse that he owns. And he's always, like, practically making love to the horse with how much he loves this horse. Horse porn. More horse porn all the time. (laughs) Last episode of horse porn, this episode more horse porn. I like it. Wow. (laughs) Interesting, Kristen. Tell me more. I've never spent this much time with horses. 
and I'm really getting into it. I see why people like them so much. Horses are uh, they're awesome. I used to go horse riding when I was a kid. They're fantastic. I watched my friend. I was about to get on a horse. My friend had a barn. And then I watched her ride her horse. And the horse runs back into the barn. And she's still on top. And she had to jump off. Because obviously she would have hit her head. So I didn't get on that horse that day. I I, never have. I have not seen that happen. (laughs) Maybe you want to. Maybe you have scars like the gamblers now. Yes. I'm a gambler. I want to be a gambler. But, <laughs> but back to Mr. Walter, though. So, in this horse, we find out finally the history of the horse and its father. Mm-hmm. And the horse, I actually wrote down the name and I'd like to pull it out. Um, nice paper. Thank you. <laughs> this is how we take notes here. It's from high school. Pretty much, yeah. I really have used this since high school. Um, so the horse's name, the father of the horse is Delphi. or mm-hmm. And what happened was... Delphi is this incredible horse, one of the best potential to win the Triple Crown. Right. Which, for people who don't know horse racing, is there are three different horse races, and if you win every single one, it's this giant honor. It never happens. Never. It almost There's been, like, hardly any horses that have ever won all three. There have been horses that have won two, but all three pretty much just doesn't happen. It's called the Triple Crown. Mm-hmm. And they think that this horse is a contender for it. So some some people decide to put a scheme. The owners of the horse are like, "Well, we kind of rather just have some money. We don't know if they're gonna this horse is gonna win for real." So they put an insurance on the horse, and then they have the horse's legs get snapped somehow, and it gets killed. So therefore, they make multiple millions of dollars out of this insurance scam off of the horse and the father. Lots of scamming in this show. I know. Who isn't a scammer? I mean, does luck have to do with this show at all? Luck. I don't think there really is any. Well, I guess, okay, well, I guess Jerry's gambling in this episode when we've seen him playing cards that has some luck. I don't know. I think that's skill. I think this show is more about scamming and skills and knowing knowing the game than it is about luck at all. That's true. Texas Hold'em is more of a skill-based poker game, which Mm -hmm. is why a lot of people like it. And you're right too. Yeah, I yeah, think but every single thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in real quick. Thank goodness. No. Take a take a look at your uh, your lovely logo there. Right. Um, okay. What does it say? Leave nothing to chance. There so you go. there's so, the answer. There you go. Exactly. They're not leaving anything to luck. It's called luck, but actually they're making sure that it doesn't come down to luck at all. <laughs> and which reminds me of a thing. Also, another interesting thing with Turo is that when. Chester and Gus come to talk to Turo. Um, Turo knows that his horse is going to win, and he tells Gus, if I were you, I would bet on my horse. So Gus does, and he gets excited because the horse was. He's like, what do you know? I bet $200. I've never been to a horse race before. Yeah, the best part about that was Chester actually has to explain to Gus how the claims race works. Yeah. And if you make a claim on a horse. But, you know, I think that's good. That's a way for the The riders to learn. To also teach the audience at the same time. Right. And at the same time, the gamblers were also learning how a horse race works, which was, um, I guess you want to go to Renzo now and talk about Renzo? Sure, I would love to talk about Renzo. So, so Renzo is an integral part of this claims race as well because... he looks He's the one that looks like Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, the mustache, and he has a great. <laughs> there's a great scene where he uh, gets his picture taken because he wants to be an owner. And Can he you make just, the face? <laughs> he makes like the weirdest face. It's not the a smile. Face. It's like a. 
He's like trying to be a comedic actor at that point. Yeah, it's just like something ridiculous that like why would you make that face for your picture to be an owner? <laughs> I laughed out loud. I did. Thank you, studio audience. <laughs> but everybody. <laughs> um yeah, so Renzo is he was one of the gamblers in the last episode mm-hmm. who won all of this money off of the race and he has decided that he wants to use his money to buy a horse. Not just for him, but he wants to do it for his friends, so all of his friends and them can have a horse together. I think it's a good idea. He didn't go out and buy a suit, and and he's not at the tables, like, gambling $7,000 away. And he's not crying every single day in his wheelchair. Yes, he's not bitter. Um, yeah, he's just like, he's the one guy who's actually trying to do something that, to him, he thinks will make everybody happy together. An investment. Where, where he, it's an investment, it's something where he can be with his friends still, because they're mm-hmm. always there, and do something different. The funny thing is, Goose, the other guy who is going to be the trainer, and yeah. is like, get, filling him in on the details, he actually says, you know, this isn't, when um, Renzo is explaining who he wants to be in partners with yeah. this new investment, Goose says, you know, it's not written in pen. It's in pencil. So if we have to make some erase marks later, it's okay. Right, So basically yeah. he's saying, it's okay. You don't have to put all these people down now that you want included in your investment. Right. So basically Renzo's the only one doing it at the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, so he puts this claim down on the horse. And then something interesting happens where we find out kind of how claims works is this other guy whose name I also have somewhere, but... I can't find it. Whatever. So this other guy. Which guy? The well, when the claim happens, when the horse wins, mm-hmm. the yes, he's from Deadwood. I wanted to look up his name. Yeah, I had it down, but I have too many notes. <laughs> too um, many names. Too, too many, many names. Notes. Too many people. But this other guy, Mulligan. That's his name. Mulligan. Mulligan. Yes. So Mulligan is this other guy who has put a claim down on the exact same horse, and I guess the way it works is if you, two people have a claim on a horse, they just roll a die to see who wins. Mm-hmm. And if your number comes up, you're the one who wins. So you completely leave it up to, to luck. luck. <laughs> that was perfect. That, that was, was beautiful. I saw it in your eyes. I like it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so what happens then is um, Renzo doesn't end up getting the horse. Even though he put a claim down, Mulligan gets the horse, and Renzo's really sad and depressed that he didn't get this horse that he really wanted. And that's sort of the first of the gamblers. Would you, would you like to talk about Jerry, maybe? Move on to the other gamblers? Yes, Jerry is sitting across from the table with Lester, who has been baiting him and baiting him and saying, where'd you get this money? You know, suddenly you're at a higher table. So he's like, oh, my aunt died, whatever. Yeah, or his wife. He said his wife no, died. No, said aunt. Was My it? aunt died. Okay, yes, Jerry claimed wife. his aunt died. And um, so he goes on, and he, of course, loses. Later on, he wins back some of his money. Yeah. But he's just on the tables throwing money out there that it's obvious to people that he doesn't really have. Right. Well, it's like he, he makes, he actually tells Marcus later on how much he lost. Mm-hmm. $7,000 total yeah, he lost. $7,000 one day. Is, yeah. And Kegel is like, you know, you got to put this on the streets three points at a time. Yeah. Like you're throwing way too much out at once. Like, because mm-hmm. they're trying, like a big thing with the gamblers, and this is also important, is they're trying to avoid the IRS because they don't want any of the money taken away by insurance. The sales tax. Or, yeah. Yes. The sales tax. So they're trying to keep it on the download that they won this and not, and remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. as the people who claim the money. Because if it gets found out that they got the claim, they have to pay money. So that's why they're trying to like do three points at a time, keep it low, don't make it obvious that all of a sudden you have more money than you used to have, which 
That's why Marcus is pissed at Renzo for trying to buy a horse because where did he get the money to buy a horse? Where right. did Jerry get all this money to gamble and lose all of a sudden $7,000? That's a lot of money in one week or something really recent. Mm-hmm. Something very interesting that Marcus says to Jerry is, you know, you're going to end up broken alone. And Jerry kind of throws it back in his face and says, you know what? You're the, maybe you're the one who's actually afraid to end up broken alone. That's why you're carrying what you're carrying in your laundry bag. Yes. Now, what yes. is in the laundry what is in bag? The laundry bag. I want to know what's, <laughs> what's in that in laundry, laundry bag. What's in your laundry bag? Usually clothes. Usually. I, I put a little extra in my laundry bag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but really, what's in that laundry bag? And it's just like I so badly want to know what that laundry bag consists of. Like. Is it the money that he won? Is it a bunch of money? Is it like I mean I don't I don't know. It feels, Maybe it's a gun. Okay. I don't know. But he's obviously not spending any of his money. I see right. him eating his usual at the cafe, but Marcus has not done anything but with it's like, his money. The weirdest thing to me though about this whole laundry bag thing that he always has with him, I guess, is just that he gets so offended immediately. He completely turns and snaps on Jerry when Jerry even mentions the laundry bag. He's like I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing special in this laundry bag. Because if it was just the money, I don't think he would snap that badly. It's got to be something really personal. Yes, I agree. Should we talk about Lonnie and the insurance fraud? I know you really want to talk about this. I so badly want to talk about Lonnie. You don't want to talk about his suit? Okay, we can talk about his suit. (laughs) That the the insurance broads apparently bought him? Yes, the insurance broads. Who, which is funny, from last episode... Um, Chris and I watched the episode uh, last week together, and I I said to her, I was like, like then she was like, people were saying, how did you get the money to put down and gamble? And he's like, oh, these girls, they gave me the money. I was like, this guy, no way. Apparently, he really does have girls he's been screwing who've been getting me money. That wasn't a joke. He's been doing this insurance fraud with mm-hmm. these two girls. It was going to be a personal injury scam. Where I guess he was going to hurt his leg or something? He was going to, like, fall and slip. Probably right. at a McDonald's, something random like that. And they were in this together, and now he's won all of this money. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I'm kind of happy. I don't need this money. And they're like, oh, guess what? It was never supposed to be a slip and fall. We took this policy out on your life. Yeah. <laughs> and, out, and, and out comes the dildos. <laughs> yes. Not one, but two. What, were there two? There were two. In one of the best scenes in the two series, the two episode of luck history. I did not know that dildos could do that much damage. Like yeah. I need to put my mace away and get out the dildo. I know. Apparently, <laughs> what were you ever thinking? Dildos mace. are weapons of choice because yes. they basically say they say this was down on your life if you don't do this, and they pull out, whip out dildos. So apparently mm-hmm. they have the intention of killing him with a dildo. With the dildos. And they get in this giant dildo fight where he grabs one of them and is using one of the girls to block the dildo swing. Did you bring condoms? I don't uh. think he did. <laughs> I was trying not to view that area of him. Yes, I did not see any though. But you know what? He was using the girl as the shield. And then they not fall outside idea. of a window together, and he jumps in the truck with some guy who's doing his gardening at night. And he's just like, "I'll <laughs> give you some money. Drive me anywhere." And I'm the, a man with money. And, yeah, and the dude's like, "All right, sure." But and then it's funny, like later. So yeah, he gets back to where I guess everybody also hangs out in the same area together in a hotel or something. Yeah, like, it looked like a motel, like a rundown motel, Maybe. and. 
he's like completely beaten up, can't move. They ha- they're gonna have to take him to the hospital because of, of this dildo. I don't think striking. they're taking him to any hospital. Maybe I do not, not yeah. think. I think they're gonna call in the uh, the pet doctor to the veterinarian. Uh, yeah, to to heal his wounds. No way are they taking him anywhere. Oh yeah, because yeah, that's true. Then they'd have to worry about the money and all that. Yeah, they don't want anyone's name. But yeah, out. he is completely you know gone from Marcus, the dildos. Marcus predicted this. He was like, "You're an idiot." You know, these insurance ladies, they're playing you. Yeah, you're right. He does mention that at the beginning of the show. Marcus says, "I bet it's a life." He forewarns policy. it. He completely forewarns it. And he knows. But why is Marcus so bitter? Maybe it's what's in his laundry bag. I'm wondering if it's like the ashes of his like family or something or in like glasses or something. That's and it's, really morbid. It's really morbid because that's what you wanted last week. You're I don't talking want about how ashes. You a morbid show. What if it's a dead baby? That would be even more boring, morbid. Are we gonna? Are we going to dead baby jokes now, Kristen? Is that where we're bringing this? I'm just thinking what would fit. <laughs> what would fit in a laundry bag? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, he is Maybe so bitter and taxidermy. so mean. Maybe it's like a stuffed dog. Yeah. Oh, it, Call in if you know what's in that laundry bag, please, please. Please, we want to know, or if you have ideas. Which there's a new show out about taxidermy, by okay. the way. Briefs aside, <laughs> but it's a reality show. But regardless of that. It's just like, yeah, Marcus is like bitter to everybody and kind of understand it because he's the one who's smart and everybody's being an idiot. But why is he so bitter? There's got to be some reason like beyond just because he's really bitter. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think it's time to go to commercial break. No jockeys. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We will go to jockeys in just a moment. All right. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you. A lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? What would you like to buzz about, Kristen? I'd like to buzz about the jockeys. All right, let's go to the jockeys. <laughs> um, so let's start, I guess, with Mr. Walter again, who mm-hmm. is not a jockey. He's one of the trainers slash owner of this one horse. Who the rose champion. The champion horse, who's probably going to probably gonna be the best horse ever. Yes. And Rosie, the jockey, or wannabe jockey, she wants mm-hmm. to be a jockey, has been riding this horse and stre- stretching it out, which is basically right. taking out runs. And she feels like she has this bond with the horse and wants to be the jockey. She's and, pretty much begging to be right, the jockey. Right, she's pretty much begging. She told Walter. She's like, you know, I think we have a thing, this horse and I. She yeah. rides well with me. And Mr. Walter pretty much flat out says, no. I'm not going to let you. He doesn't flat out say no. He's looking out for her, we find well, out. Well, yeah, so we find out he is looking out for her, and what he tells her is he basically he he knows she wants to be a jockey, and he wants to help her. He does have her best interests in mind, and he goes to Joey, who is the agent of jockeys, 
and he basically start wants to get her started on I, the low league of horse racing mm-hmm. to start there and basically work her way up to jockey and he says, hey, Joey, do you know any good agents to represent jockeys because I have this girl who would be great who you should contact and help her out. And he says, yeah, I'll do that for you. And, and basically in exchange, um, Mr. Walters is going to have Ronnie – the what we found out last week, the previously drunk, drunkard, drank all the time <laughs> jockey. He wants this guy to come back and be the rider of his horse. What do you think about that? I prefer Rosie. You know what? I think maybe Rosie's going to get sent lower down to the lower leagues. You know, yeah. And then she is going to actually become really good and come back and ride this horse. Well, I think cute girl with an Irish accent or old drunkard. drunk dude. I go with cute girl as I would prefer to see and riding the horse. And he's probably not. Watching his weight anymore, right? Right. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Probably not. He's going to get DQ'd. You know, last week we weren't quite sure if girls were allowed to be jockeys because you never see them. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, we looked into it and they are. It's just primarily a men's sport because men ride more aggressively than girls do in most cases. And apparently when they first started, when girls started jockeying, men were like, what is this? What is the horse racing world turning into? But it is now commonplace. Girls do do it now. So yes. that is answered for you all. Go Rosie. <laughs> Go Rosie. Yeah, she's she's actually pretty awesome. She's a little feisty. I like I her. I like her, yeah. And then did you want to talk about Leon some more? I do. I really want to talk about him. You know, in the preview, we see him hitting the ground. Before you guys talk about Leon, uh, oh. because uh, I want to be fair to the callers, um, why don't we take a call? I'd Let's love take to a take call. a call. So, uh, caller uh, 7 to something, you're on the line. Hello? Hello, 7 to something. What's your name? Where are you from? <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> Caller 7-2-something. We're talking to you. What do you do for work? What do I do for work? No, that was me playing the sound bite for you. <laughs> okay. I was like, interesting. That was really loud for a call. Caller, where are you called back? I'm so sad now. <sighs> all right, all right. Why don't we move on? To all our right. next call? We have so many calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this caller tied it up, and now he's nothing. Oh, come on, caller. Call back. We really want to talk to you. Call right. back. Otherwise, are we, are we, we on predictions? Uh, I lost count since I was well, taking we're care gonna of talk our about call. We're going to talk about quick. Leon and, and, then, then, predictions. and then please buzz in our caller if he decides yes. to call back. All right. So, Leon, yes, you know, he's getting just a little bit too involved. All right. There's our caller. Yes. Caller, hey, hello. How are you? Wow. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I think this caller is just making pranks. All right. Caller, I think you have bad service. That's what I'm going to think. I think you really have some great insight about Leon and how he's just saying too much. He's he's saying too much. He's not just doing his job. You know, he's trying to, like, be the trainer of the horse, and he's not. He's the rider. Can I go ahead and say something? And it's because of people like that that we don't usually take calls. One, One more time. One more time. One more time. Hello? Hi. Hi. What's your name? Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Caitlin. Um, I'm not really sure what you guys are talking about. I asked my best friend about the Bad Girls Club. I thought this is wise. <laughs> oh, no. This isn't Bad Girls Club. This is actually luck. Have you heard of it on HBO? It's a new horse racing show. No, that would explain a lot, though. 
Because right. I'm sitting here thinking, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> well, there are some bad girls on Luck. I, yeah, you should like probably one. watch Luck. Oh, no, there are the bad girls swinging dildos. So if there that's were dildos. Your thing. There were tons of bad girls and dildos. <laughs> You're watching right. the wrong yeah, show, you're Caitlin. Wrong, yeah, Bad Girls is on. All right, Caitlin. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Since you're on the phone, though, I I will use this time to say one thing, Caitlin. You called in for Bad Girls Club. These guys are doing luck. <laughs> now, guess what? We do over 95 After Buzz TV after shows. So that means you called in for Bad Girls Club. You're you got luck. Not your lucky day. But guess what? We also do so many shows. So now you got to spread that word. Oh, my God. I, I tried to do this. I failed because guess what? They just do so many shows. Thanks, Phil. So that's what I'll leave you with. <laughs> okay. Uh, all, by the way, all free, Caitlin. All free. But Caitlin. for you. Caitlin. Thank you for calling in, though. We do Caitlin, appreciate it. Caitlin, watch luck next week. We want to hear from you again next week. I'll be sad if you okay. don't. Please? I'll be sad. I will cry <laughs> if you don't. There's bad girls. <laughs> Bye, Caitlin. Bye. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? That was fun. <laughs> All right. But well, did, uh, so yeah, Leon, you think bad things are going to happen to him, right? I mean, he's getting too involved, and you know what? Toro needs to throw the blame on someone. It's going to be Leon, the rider. Yeah, it sucks because I don't feel like he actually is doing anything. I think mm-hmm. it's just there are scouts, and there are probably scouts who watch for those things, and that's what happens, but... No, Leon's going to take the blame. He's going to take the fall. He is. And in the previews, we see him hitting the ground. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We do. And not running. <laughs> so should we then go to predictions? predictions. Music. Whoa, I think they were red and last now, time. Now they're blue. Now they're blue. They're red now. There we go. And purple. We have so many colors. Love all these colors. What do you think is going to happen? I went last, or I went first last time. So now yes, you went first. Okay, yeah. so the first thing I think, I'm going to, I guess, go to the trainer, or the owners again. I think that we're going to find out, obviously, more about what's going on with Chester and Gus's backstory. Mm-hmm. We're going to, I think we're probably, in the next episode, going to find out who Mike is. We're going to find out who this guy is. You think so? I think so. <laughs> I think he's not going to just be the claw in the next episode. I think we'll we'll actually get to visually see, see him. And if I, we don't, you can call me out on it. <laughs> well, or don't you worry. can call in and talk about Bad Girls Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're going to actually see a little bit more with um, Walter's horse. I think mm-hmm. we're, we're going to see Ronnie riding the horse and... You know, I think at first it'll probably seem promising. I think it's gonna they're going to throw you forward. This seems like it's going to be a promising thing because Ronnie used to be a pro rider. And then it's going to go downhill from there. So I think we're going to see that. And God, I just want to find out what's in the laundry bag, Kristen. I, I just want to find out what's in the laundry bag. I know. Well, you know, I think there's going to be more than one laundry bag. Lucky for you because Ace, who's also Chester Bernstein, he has a temper. You yeah. know, and he's hooking back up with the mob. And I am really looking forward to all the violence. And I'm just, I know there's going to be blood. And I can't wait. Oh, you know, another thing, too, that I think, I think um, it looked like from the previews that mm-hmm. the gamblers were going to all try and go in together on buying a horse. I think they actually end up deciding that's a good idea. I think they will. And Jerry's going to lose more money, probably. Jerry's going to end up Because Lester's kind of, like, tempting him in. He's like... Come, spend more money on this table. Goose called Jerry a handicap, though. And to this point, I haven't seen what his handicap is other than, like, alcoholism and yeah. gambling. Uh, the other thing that happens, though, is that um, that um, Marcus. Marcus calls Goose an idiot. 
mm-hmm. at some point. It's like, oh, he went, he went with that idiot. Why would Renzo rely on Goose? Goose is an idiot. So we'll see if he comes back. I, I'm kind of wondering if Mulligan's going to come back, too. I think he will. He was a big character in Deadwood. I'm a, I'm a huge fan I of him. I mean, so. that was such an important factor in that and episode. And that horse He's is an back. important factor. Yeah, because that was a good horse. Right. And this is going to be a show about lots of winners and lots of losers. But not a show about luck. No. All right. Hey, guys. Check me out at Cinematic Escape on Twitter. And you guys can check me out at the Dave Klein on Twitter. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for watching. Have a good night. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.